Welcome to the Milestones Motivation and Money Podcast, hosted by Angel Radcliffe. Tune in as we discuss finances, success stories, and inspiring vibes that will help nurture growth. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to the podcast. On today's episode, I have a very special guest, Victoria Buckman, who is a sales expert and owner of Sales Magic Training Company. Victoria has over 30 years of sales success, and she loves to create sales magic. She's created a successful corporate career with the Fortune 100 company, achieving 1,000% quota month after month, year after year, for over a decade. So that's a very long time of success and sales. And I want to welcome Victoria to the podcast. Victoria, hi, how are you? Thank you, Angel. I am excited to be here with you. I'm excited to have you on as a guest. This is the first episode that I've had someone with your experience to discuss sales. And when you think about sales, sales touches so many people in the world. We are touching consumers. We're touching businesses. um, There's a different level of sales. And so I I definitely want to give you an opportunity, opportunity to give us more of a background of how you um, got into sales. So 30 years of experience is a very long time and you are definitely well worth being called an expert in your field. So how did you actually get into sales? (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, the funny thing is, is I'm a little bit weird, I have to say, and, um, sales runs through my blood. And what I mean by that is, when I was seven years old, I was the one that was setting up the lemonade stand and selling lemonade outside. And, you know, when my friends were outside playing, I was in the house and I was grabbing cans of vegetables. Yes, we ate cans of vegetables in those days <laughs> off of the out of the cabinet and putting them on a table and getting my cash register and trying to find somebody who would come in and buy something from me. And um, I didn't have too many takers with that game. So I started making Barbie doll clothes and uh, my Barbie doll has my Barbie dolls had velvet outfits and all this bling. And so all the kids in the neighborhood, all the my girlfriends wanted these clothes. So I then was taking custom orders. So it really is something. that, like I said, it runs through my blood. It's, I am a people person. I love people and sales is all about relationships, right? So, and we'll get into that, but I just love to find out what it is that someone wants and figure out a way that I can help them get that. That's amazing. Now I want to go back to the, the Barbie doll piece. <laughs> I remember being a child and having all the different dolls. And so um, was it more of you were getting bored with like the current clothes that the dolls had or what really ignited you to really get into this whole Barbie doll clothing? Well, one of the things about me when you meet me, if you meet me in person or if you look on my some of my social media, um, I love to dress, you know, um, in velvets and satins and bling. And, you know, right now I'm sitting here and I've got my crown on. And um, I don't know if, you know, in another life I was a queen. I don't know what it is, but I love 
fabrics and and colors and things that are rich and luxurious. So, you know, your average Barbie doll clothes were not that. So, you know, in order for me to dress my dolls, how I would want to be dressed, I had to make them myself out of all these, you know, really luxurious fabrics. Ooh, that sounds like a business idea in the making. <laughs> All the way back from from years ago. You said yes. one thing that I can relate with. Sales has a lot to do with relationships. And I think many people don't understand that. If you think about these different industries which rely very heavily on sales such as real estate, um commercial real estate, yeah. um, consulting. I've been involved in so many different industries. And once you reach a certain level, and sometimes in real, even in real estate, you don't have to reach a certain level, but you start to realize your success or the level of sales depends on the relationships that you have with other people, other companies, um, the word of mouth, are you being referred? And so I want listeners to hone in on that. Think about the relationships that you have with people. Are you doing something wrong? Because Victoria is definitely onto something here. And I want to get into your brand and your business, sales magic. Because when I came across that word, I was like, what does she mean by sales magic? What, what is this sales magic? So give us an explanation of how you define sales magic and what that means to you and your company. Okay, great. You know, I would almost take it one step further and say everyone on the planet is in sales. If you are a parent and you want your kids to clean the roof, you've got, you've got a really good, you know, sales pitch that you need to give them so that they go do that. Or if, you know, I know for myself, what, to get myself upstairs onto the Pilates table, I've got to have this conversation in my head with, um, myself so that I take my little fanny up the stairs and go get on my Pilates table. So we are all in sales. And I was at a networking meeting, you know, halfway across the United States. And in the middle of the night in my timeshare, I woke up and I had this download and I'm searching around in the dark because I'm someplace that I'm not familiar with. And I'm looking for a piece of paper and a pen to write a few things down. And I, I finally find something and I, I take the pen and I'm writing in the dark. And, and next thing I know, I'm writing S period, A period, L period, E period, S, period. And I'm going, oh my God, you woke me up to write down sales? What, what is this about? And next thing I knew, I heard S stands for service. A stands for ask. L is listen. E is evaluate, excavate, and then elevate. And then S is for sharing. And I realized, oh my God, this is what sales magic is all about. There's no selling in sales. It's a, an energetic of where you're coming from. What happens often is sales gets a bad word, has a, a bad rap. Um, a lot of people, if you talk, they don't even like the word sales. Nowadays, a lot of people are using enrollment or, you know, all these other words that kind of sugarcoat the word sales. 
So sales magic is about doing the things beforehand with your own energy and with your thoughts and your mind and coming from a place of service to serve someone else. And when you do these few things that I teach, it's like magic. Things happen, you know, in amazing ways. That makes so much sense. And I was over here trying to write it down, the acronyms. <laughs> I love that. So you said you said a few different things that I resonated with. So one is going back to even conversations that you're having with people. So you mentioned how parents should be uh, selling this whole dream about the kids cleaning their room. Uh, right. That's so true of how you speak to someone, how you sell it, no matter what the relationship is. It doesn't have to be business or professional, but I love that. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, right. And another thing you mentioned was energy and how energy relates to sales. And that is so important. Um, for people who are listening, I want people to think about like the commercials that we see, the online advertisements, and you see some people have this exciting energy and they're doing like these crazy shenanigans. And I always like to relate that to car sales. I always see car salesmen. I think most recently, a month or two ago, there was this guy that went viral to you know try to get his car sales up. And um, it's, it is all about the energy um, that you're bringing into that particular relationship when you're discussing sales. I love the acronym. Um, and, and I guess when you add all those components up, it does create this magical effect because now it's like you're increasing revenues, you're increasing sales um, and, and your business is expanding. So talking about business, I know that you own your own company, but I want to go back to before you started your own company. And when you were in the corporate world, um, Discuss that transition for us. So you gained much of your sales experience in, in the corporate world, and then you transitioned to owning your own company. What was that experience like and what motivated you towards entrepreneurship? When I was in corporate America, I worked for the phone company in all its many names. And it was one of those positions. I was in a sales position. And if you were at 100% of your quota, you would be making $50,000 a year. And I was making a quarter of a million. And I was the black sheep of the family because I was not doing anything the way that we were supposed to be doing it. I was telling my clients, I am here for you. I'm going to help you find a solution, whether I sell you something or not. And so all my clients loved me and they were, would refer people to me. And I was making um, the company millions of dollars a day. And with that said, I was being treated as if I wasn't following the directions and I wasn't doing the paperwork they wanted me to do. And it actually was starting to make me sick. So, I mean, it was really hard to walk around, uh, away from a job where you're making, you know, $265,000 a year and I'm not working very hard. Um, but I knew that I was on to something and I wanted to help other women, other women business owners. And I knew that I had to break away from this corporate structure that had all these rules. You know, if I sat down and told, told someone here, I want to teach you some magic, 
they kind of looked at me like I was a little bit insane. So I just, you know, I, I got the, the, um, the universe gave me a message. You are to teach this to, to women, but not in a corporate structure. And that's when I just said, okay, I'm going to step away from this. And looking back on that process, was it something that happened instantly um, where you were building up your clientele in parallel? Did you take a break uh, for six months to a year? Um, if you can remember back when you were doing this, because I, I always like to focus on entrepreneurship and how um, it, it's not something that happens overnight. It definitely takes time. But what was like that breaking point um, aside from you having this vision and how you should be, be delivering to people outside of corporate, but what was like that breaking point where you said, this is what I'm going to do. And this is the only thing that I'm going to do. Um, did you have any thoughts of if you were not having successful clients or having um, any revenue that you would go back or can you tune into those thoughts? It wasn't really, um, my idea, I hadn't bought into leaving corporate um, fully. And so the way that I did it, I would not suggest for anyone else, but I just, you know, I, I stopped it cold turkey and just decided, okay, I'm going to go start my own business. And right now, in hindsight, I would probably tell, ask or, or suggest to someone to um, phase it in. But I had a couple things that happened to me that um, kind of pushed me in that direction. I had, like I said, I was making so much money. I was making a quarter of a million dollars every year. I was a single mother. I was putting things away. I had just bought a house. I was investing. I was doing everything right. And when I left corporate America, I had this nice nest egg that was going to give me time to build my business up. And what happened was I got into a situation where um, I rolled all my money over with a financial advisor and that financial advisor took off with everything that I had, a half a million dollars. So I was in a, in a position where I had just lost, my, you know, 13 years of my life of saving and investing. And now I don't have a job, a J-O-B job. And I am now forced to, okay, now how do I go out and teach people to do what I was doing, especially when I was rocked. I mean, my the, the carpet got pulled out from under me and I toppled for a whole entire year. I was probably in shock. And that's when I found myself in, you know, I didn't know how I got there, but I was in hypnotherapy school and I was taking all these coaching programs and I learned um, how to... I already knew how to do the sales piece, but I needed to pull all of the, you know, entrepreneurs have many, many hats. So I had to figure out how do I pull all, put all these hats on and off and do this on my own. So it does take time. And if you are able to step away and jump into it, great. And, you know, for some, it might be more of a, slower transition to build up your business as you're, you know, moving away from something else. 
thank you so much for the transparency. And so typically when I'm talking to um, my audience and following, I'm talking about entrepreneurship, financial literacy, but I never want anyone to get this misconception of, oh, this is like overnight and it's overnight success. It takes extremely hard work to build a business. And of course, like sometimes we jump into entrepreneurship in unconventional ways that are not planned. I've been a full-time entrepreneur twice in my life. One was um, not by choice. I was laid off in corporate America. And the second time it was by choice where I took a year off to build my business. And, but I've always been a believer of multiple revenue streams and you can do both. And, and that's some of, some of the ways that, that I just have that conversation, but I appreciate you getting a little bit more into detail. So going back to your overall success over these last 30 years, who would you give credit to for where you are today? Oh, many people. I think um, I, I, you know, I'm a coach, right? Um, I'm a mentor to many women. I have always had a coach. I've always had somebody that was mentoring me. Right now I've got two. Um, and the people that mentored me, they somewhat helped me um, learn about business, but more so they helped me be a different and better version of myself. Um, I have this amazing woman in uh, New Zealand, Sandy Nielsen, and she helps me more on a uh, spiritual or insightful level of finding the beliefs that are getting in my way of me moving forward with what I want to do. Bev Adamo is another amazing woman who is, she's had multiple um, million dollar businesses. And she knows business forward and backwards. And when you work with her, or when I worked with her, it was more about me, me stepping into the fullness, the magnificence, uh, recognizing my own genius. And that's what I call the magic. When you know who you really are at a core level, that you, every single one of us is magnificent and we have genius and there's things that come to us that are so natural, we, do, we kind of discount them. And these people help you reflect. They helped me reflect on what am I good at? What, do, what can I do in my sleep? And how do I focus on that? And then the other pieces that I either need to learn or I don't even want to learn them. Those are the things that you let someone else do for you that, and that is their genius. So it, it was um, a lot of women and um, people. I worked with, um, you know, Marsha Weeder, who teaches you all about speaking. I had a lot of mentors over time. So Going into another topic, of course, with myself, I'm a financial educator and I'm always talking about finance. Finance and sales are two topics that sort of go hand in hand. I want to know from your perspective, how do you relate finance to sales? And this is a twofold question. So the first one is from a consumer perspective and the next part would be from a B2B perspective. So finance is just like sales. It is something that we do every day 
of our lives without realizing it. If you went to the grocery store and bought some tomatoes, that was a financial transaction and it was a sales transaction. So it's interesting, these words, finance, sales, they have this stigmatism, you know, especially sometimes for women. And we kind of, you know, step back and say, oh, you know, well, I'm not good at sales or I'm not good at finance. Well, finance is just basic math and you can't survive on the planet if you don't have math skills and sales is just basic math. So I think finance and sales really go together. When I had my finances disappeared, um, I, I now often say, you know, someone's, I was saying, you know, someone stole $500,000 from me. And at some point I needed to know that I needed to take a little bit of responsibility and say, I wasn't paying a, a good enough attention to my finances and I had a part in that. So one of the things that I told myself was I was going to be better with finances, stop ignoring them, learn more about it. And when I dug in deep, I realized it's very simple, actually. And, and finances and sales are really, the they're all in the same category, just like you said. From a consumer point of view, you know, to know where you're at, know where your finances are, where are things going out, where, what is coming in. And also as a consumer, I want to know that I, I believe it's important to do things that are good and healthy for our planet. So where am I spending my money? Is it, you know, at some shopping mall that, is doing bad things to people in the planet? Do I have my, my integrity and my um, invest, investments lined up? You know, I believe if you go out and buy some hair products, that's an investment. Well, are those hair products helping the planet or are they taking away from the planet? So sales and finance and your values all really are interconnected. And when you have all that in alignment, it's amazing. That's where the energy of the universe, your, your own energy of your own genius inside of you, you're doing what your heart is saying. And then all of a sudden things in your life just flow. But when you're out of alignment, that's when things aren't working as well. Does that make sense? It does. I love it. And so with most of the listeners being small business owners, I typically try to hone in on digital products and how every entrepreneur should have a digital product, every brand, every influencer, something that people can have um, instantaneously at their fingertips or doing the click and order online. From a sales expert, what is one piece of advice that you can give to influencers, brands, small businesses, and how they can attract more clients? Of course, outside of the amazing advice that you've already given us today. I think that often people um, in their digital products, they're usually um, more on the lower end or $500 or less. And so they don't want to give too much of whatever they do as their high end um, ticket or service, right? 
And I think it's just the opposite. I think if you're putting a digital product together, together, give people all of your best stuff. And people don't often do that because they're afraid that they're giving away, you know, what they actually do and all the secrets and, and the, you know, all the juicy stuff. But no, give that away because when you put that into your digital product, people, even if they got all of your juicy stuff, they st still need their handheld to put it into place or when they have questions, they're going to come back to you. But if you hold back and you don't give your best stuff, there's that energy in your digital project product. They don't know what it is, but people will feel it. And, it, and it's you, there's not this coming from service and, and this fullness coming at them. When they feel that, they, they might not even recognize it, but they, they're like, oh my God, I love this person. I want to go talk to them. Their digital product is amazing, but now I need to take it one step further. I want to work with them in person. And that's what I think your digital product needs to do. When you infuse the energy of, let me give you all of my best stuff right here, you know, without overwhelming somebody, you know, often I've been told I you know, give people so much juicy stuff, they feel like they're drinking from a fire hose, right? But when you give them all of your heart, all of your genius, everything you've got, it's like this charisma or magnetism that automatically attracts more clients to you. They want to work with you. They feel like you're generous. They know that you're trying to give them the, you, you know, things that actually work and that will move the needle. And people, how wouldn't you want to be around someone like that? I would. I want to be around people who are generous and give me things that I can put in place that actually work. And you may attract clients right in that moment, or it, they, it might be a year from now. But when you attract them, there will be this relationship we talked about briefly, and there's more loyalty. There's more connection. They they are certain certainty and connection, and um, are are human needs that all humans on the planet need. And so when you give them certainty that I'm going to help you get to the to the result or to the place that you're looking for, when you give them a generous and very um, open and honest and loving connection and give them your very best stuff, your genius, they feel it and they feel connected to you. And then they want to work with you, be around you, buy from you, tell people about you. And that's the, you know, that's part of the sales magic. So it, it actually attracts clients to you in a way that you know, when I worked for the phone company and I was, you know, making way more than anyone else, I was a thousand percent of my quota. When I left, my clients said, if you leave, I'm, I'm leaving the company. I'm not even going to stay here because I don't, I, I'm not dedicated to the company. I'm dedicated to you. And really business owners need to know you're not really selling a product. You're selling yourself and your energy and your generosity and your love and caring and kindness. 
And when you are that way and give that to people freely, they will be customers for life. Oh, I love it. I, I love it. <laughs> I, I'm loving this conversation. Um, and of course, like the information that you that you were giving on digital products, I think some small business owners don't realize how that that digital product you want to give a little bit more because it is a lead capture. And although it's minimal value in regards to price, that's how you reel the person in. You're reeling yeah. them in to, to buy that next level or whatever your, your service is or your product is. So I appreciate you dropping all of these nuggets. And for the listeners, I hope they're taking notes. <laughs> and uh, hopefully someone will reach out and, and they'll say, oh my gosh, Victoria is amazing. I need her to help me with my sales strategy. Um, so I want to talk about success because I've mentioned this quite a few times throughout the, the podcast and how I feel as though you're successful. Um, you're definitely an expert in your field. You have the experience to back it up. But how do you define success and what makes you successful? That's a, a really good question. So when I was in corporate, I, I um, defined success by how much money I was making. And then it all disappeared. And so did my worth in myself. If I didn't have this money, then who am I? So I, I got to redefine success. And that was probably the best thing I ever could have done. So I am successful when I am doing something that's fun, when I'm including magic and the power of the mind and the power of beliefs. And when I'm serving someone else and I get help them get what they are looking for or what they, what they thought they wanted, I actually helped them get something that they didn't even think about that was even greater. So I, I got to shift because our world often defines us success by a number that we're making, a, a certain amount of money. And when I changed that to having fun, creating magic and helping more people, all of a sudden everything opens up and it just makes everything so much easier. It flows and it's fun and magical, right? Exactly. So um, Victoria, we've had a great conversation over the last 40 minutes or so. So of course, we're coming to the end of the podcast. This is always the point in which I am like, always like, oh my gosh, I don't feel like we have enough. <laughs> it's, it's getting that's when the conversation starts to get good about 30 minutes in and you want to keep going for an hour or two. But we are coming to the end of the podcast. And so what I like to do before ending is ask my guests three questions as it relates to the topic of the show, milestones, motivation, and money. And so I always say this is like a game show. So it's like, I, I need some Jeopardy music or some type of game show music. <laughs> yes. in the background. Um, so, all right. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So the first question is, what would you consider the biggest or most memorable milestone in your life? Probably when I recognized that sales is my genius and I stopped thinking that, oh, everyone knows how to do this. Okay, that's a good answer. Short and sweet and concise. Um, 
So when it relates to the topic of motivation, what motivates you or how do you motivate other people? What motivates me is looking at the power of my mind and thinking about something and focusing on it and visualizing it and then creating it, it having it come about. That's exciting. That's very motivating because then I recognize the power I have within me and everyone has it, not just me. Every single one of us has it. Our minds are more powerful than we know. And so when I share that with others and they start to do the same thing and they think about something that they want or they've been trying to create in their lives for years and years and we do some fun little visualization and you know change your language and then they create what they've wanted in a short period of time that's exciting that motivates me too because i now know what i have done is recreatable anyone can do it and on the topic of money when did you first form a relationship with money i think I formed a relationship with money at a really young age when I was selling things, um, the Barbie doll clothes and this and that. But I also think it was a little bit of a twisted relationship with money in, in that it came from outside of me. It came from what I heard from other people, my parents, you know, the world. And so I would say the best relationship and the, and the relationship that I love that I've created with money was after it all disappeared and it's an ongoing process. I'm, I'm still um, enhancing my relationship with money. It's just like having a relationship with people or someone you love when you give it loving intention and you treat it with respect and honor, just like you would a person, it's amazing what will, ha- what will turn around and come back your way. Awesome. Thank you so much for participating in that. Now, how can the audience reach out to you or find you on social media if they would like to um, ask you questions or schedule a consultation for help with their sales strategy? Uh, the best way is to go to salesmagicmakeover.com. Or, and that will, um, I will have a strategy session with you and give you three recommendations that you can put into place immediately. Or you go to my website and um, Victoria Buckman, B-U-C-K-M-A-N-N, two N's, victoriabuckman.com. And all the links to the social media and also the sales magic makeover are right there. And of course, all of that, all of that information will be listed in the show notes of the podcast. So swipe up and reach out to Victoria, click one of the links. Victoria, it's been so amazing having you here this morning and having this great conversation on sales. Before we end the podcast, are there any last thoughts that you have for the audience? I have two. Number one, um, Angel. That is exactly what you are. You are an angel for people and you are changing lives with this podcast. So I want to thank you for that. And the other one is a lot of times people say that, say, oh, I need to close a sale. I invite you to take that out of your language. We're not closing anything. We are opening up a relationship. So you are out today to open up some relationships. 
Thank you so much. I've enjoyed having you here and hopefully we can have you on as a featured guest. So everyone be sure to follow Victoria, reach out to myself with any questions, reach out to her with any questions. And as always, if anyone is listening and you'd like to be a guest in the podcast, swipe up and click the link in the file. Thanks for listening. Stay connected with Angel online on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Miss RMBA. That's M-I-S-S-R-M-B-A. Be sure to subscribe and review. Join us next time as we continue to empower you through milestones, motivation, and money.